Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dusk Dawn, a limited podcast. Week two, well, I guess like week three of Baldur's Gate, because looky here, we're late again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here. Uh, very, very timely as usual. You know. Well, you know, you know, you know. You say you're gonna record a podcast on a day, and then the day go by, and you're like, oh yeah, I guess we didn't record the podcast. <laughs> and then it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Anyways, third week of Baldur's Gate. Wahey. Well, uh, the release has already <laughs> happened. This is a pretty okay set. It's better than I thought it was gonna be, and we're gonna talk about it. But first, let's oh, yeah. talk about how Drafter sucks at Alchemy Draft. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's entire Look, you know, so so Al- if you, uh, so format rolled over. Need to get back up to Mythic again. Funny Alchemy Draft comes out. I'm like, ah, what the hell? Let's play Alchemy Draft. And my win rate over it was pretty abysmal. I will say, I did trophy once during Alchemy Draft on some like Grixis pile of whatever. But my overall experience of the format was. You play a fair game of Magic, and then one player plays one of the busted alchemy value cards, whether it be Celestial Vault or Xander's Regulator, or not Xander's Xander's (laughs) Wake. Uh, I had Celestial Regulator on the mind. I'm like, I need to say Celestial Vault, not Regulator, so then I turned it to Xander's Regulator. Um, (laughs) um, but, But yeah, and you know, and like, and like even when, like, it's just a pile of gross bombs, and Nukapena was already like the Nukapena did not need a pile of bombs added to it, in my opinion. I do not think that adds to the format for me. I mean, I didn't draft it at all. I was too busy doing Vintage Cube, but I yeah, Gareth uh, was living his best life. Yeah, watched a couple of decks that Drafter did on his like Discord stream. And it does seem just like you play regular game of Ducapetta and then play your bomb. But the problem is, is that because you're playing a regular game of Ducapetta, it doesn't look like you have any of the good removal still, right? Yep. Like, I, I guess Crowbar gets better, but yeah, Crowbar was Crowbar already good. Crowbar does answer like the hilariously gross bomb enchantments that just like do horrifying things. Um, but yeah, it's rough. I. Look, you know, if you enjoy New Capenna Alchemy drafts, you know, by the time this is uploading, they're already gone. So, haha, get get owned. But um, but yeah, no, I'm not. A, I I was not a big fan of it. Uh, I, I I then proceeded to play Strixhaven drafts, which were big fun and grinded ground to Mystic that way. So that was fun. So yeah, drafters <laughs> doing really well in Strixhaven at least. I I actually one more thing I wanted to like remember about the set was time spiral remastered right because it's basically the same where you have 15 cards in your pack or 14 and then the the epic bomb is time shifted or whatever and i was going through time spiral remastered when i realized this and true name nemesis is in that set wowie zowie dude Uh, i mean it's not gonna show up at like rare but it is showing up at basically mythic right and you know, I don't know. You know what I thought when I started seeing True Name Nemesis getting played in Legacy, Karis? What? Man, I wish this was in a 1v1 limited format. <laughs> exactly. And when Drafter told me how Xander's Wake worked, because I read the card the first time, and, like, there's no way to word it that it doesn't do what it does, but, like, why do you get infinite creatures off of that thing? Yeah. 
Yeah, right? well, well, well for, for, for those in uh, the thing that don't know, Xander's Wake is one in a black for an enchantment that says whenever a creature you control dies, you draft a card from its spell book. Um, but you only do it once a turn. And what draft a card from a spell book means is it shows you three of 15 possible mediocre black creatures. And some of them are actually good. Not all of them are mediocre. And you add them to your hand. But basically what happens is one time one of your creatures dies and then you get a new one. But then you play that creature. And when that one dies, you get another one. Also, some of the creatures you get off the spell book make tokens. And the token creatures uh, also, like, this doesn't have a non-token clause on it, so it is a once-per-turn clause, but you can just, like, you know, block with a token and then, like, make an attack with, like, a 4-4 that if they don't kill, they're, you know, in bad shape, but then you just draft another 4-4 and it's like, oh, guess the game's over. I mean, I guess it brings grindy decks back to Streets of New Capenna, I suppose, in, in the worst possible way, but... well. You just slot it into your aggro pile, and if you ever style, stall out, you still win the game. <laughs> yeah, they did test this uh, format for limited. I mean, that's no. fine, because they might do it next time, So, and now they know. So, But the problem is, is clearly it did well, because me and every other sucker out there are like, oh, I'm going to give Wizards of the Coast the chance on it, and then they extended the timeline on it, which means they were making bozo bucks on it. Um... <laughs> So they're going to be like, ah, if we had to do no fucking work the first time, why am I going to do work the second time? Like, uh, Well, uh, I mean, at least there's supplemental sets, right? Like, Battle for Baldur's Gate. Just kidding, we're going to talk about the time that Drafter beat Court of Calls on Arena. <laughs> right before we started recording the show, I sent Kara a message saying I beat Court of Calls on Arena, which is true, I mentioned the Court of Calls, and just like a regular new Capenna draft. Um, Drew significantly better than him and, and murdered him, so that was pretty epic. Um, yeah, unfortunately we're not yeah, cool yeah. enough to get sponsored, but if we were, we, we yeah, could yeah. battle it out for podcast supremacy, I'm sure. Yeah, for for, uh, for context, the exact message I sent Karif was, just beat Corda Calls on Arena, I'm the better podcaster confirmed. <laughs> Which Karif responded to with, wow, in all capital letters. <laughs> limited level ups more like limited level downs we're, we're not good God enough to them. get into this kind of shit though that's the thing oh god we, we need to we need to learn more than just magic in order to tussle with the big boys in terms of podcast yeah yeah well once we uh get uh once we once we build a marketing scheme we'll be in the money tariff yeah yeah all right and now it's time for actually talking about Baldur's gate thanks for indulging us uh all right, I guess I'll just review it overhead. Uh, the power level is pretty basic, but I think that actually makes games a lot more fun and interesting. And the initiative is bad, but it also makes games fun and interesting. Uh, I, I was low on the initiative. I'm still not sure how entirely how I feel. Uh, I think Goad actually being really good has helped the initiative a lot because that middle section is something you want to do. But... Uh, o overall, I think that the format's been pretty fun, and it's led to a lot of tense games. Uh, there's there, there's swinginess for sure, but not only do you have to build to the swinginess, you usually take out the person who's being swingy. So it's been interesting, I think. Yeah, I think it's a pretty respectable commander format. There's nothing like 
they, there's nothing super horrifying going on, which means you generally have some, like, pretty fun games of Commander, you know? Um, yeah, but there's still I, enough, like, high rolls in the rare th slot that you can get that still puts you ahead. That still feels yeah. fun. It's true. Yeah, and then the Mythic slot, obviously, like, Elminster Simulacrum is busted. Uh, Blood Money is really good. All, all these cards are, like good it just feels like a normal set but with multiplayer and that's nice especially oh man is this the seventh time i'm gonna bitch about streets of duke Penna on this on the podcast no probably the 20th yeah you're right uh i mean we're gonna, probably gonna be here for a while especially if you don't have enough money to draft double masters which i mean most of us won't yeah, it, it, it yeah, we uh, I'll, I'm, I'll tell you, my friendly local basement we retreated to after my LGS closed down was uh, talking about the uh, logistics of drafting double features, and it was looking grim. We did, we did remember that we can just use the random box topper as the prize support, so we don't actually have to break into a second box to, uh, you know, do prizes. So that's cool, um, but... Yeah, it's 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 pretty grim. <laughs> yeah, and we're not getting another draft set until September, other than Double Masters, right? And so I'm glad that there's something that seems fun. There's a lot of stuff to do, and the uh, and the build around aspects are there uh, to do in the meantime between the the dog days of summer, as they were, right? Yeah. As a person who is trying to grind arena for epic pro tour qualification potential, um, I am dreading the like when August rolls around and there's nothing new to draft and it's like, oh, is it time for a month of grinding? And, and like even this month, I found an alternative in Strixhaven draft and that was a lot of fun. So I think there will be alternatives, but it won't be anything like brand new, you know. I think the arena cube is probably balanced enough right now that they could run a ranked queue on it, and I think epic. it would be a good idea. But that whether would be or not incredibly they epic. That, I don't know, but yeah, that that's like the dream for me. Oh, it'd be beautiful. I I'm really you know. I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, instead instead of just fearing the doom ahead of us, be hopeful that Watsy pulls something out of their uh, hat. Reprint Conspiracy 2? If they actually reprinted a set, that would be incredibly epic. Like, yeah, Conspiracy, even Battle Bond would be a pretty good one to just show back up. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually know what they're going to do. Secret Lair entire draft set? Well, the thing <laughs> is, right, I'm, I'm going to be entirely honest with you, Care. If I, I don't think they're going to really be worried about the, the limited player. I mean, they've been doing, they've been pretty good to us, but I don't think they're going to be like, oh, man, we're, yeah. they're going to be making bozo dollars on the uh, uh, Warhammer 40k stuff, you know, so. And the so commander it, players are all be sated by that. I guess where we go from here is talk about Cube and more Baldur's Gate whenever relevant. I, I yeah. It's going to be tough for a little bit because Atlanta doesn't happen until November, right? Yep. And there's not a lot of strategy that we could talk about that's specific yeah. to a set. And so it'll probably just be cube season and general tips. But for now, oh my god, another tangent. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> the experiences that we've had drafting Baldur's Gate. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, have a pretty good <laughs> local game store, right? <laughs> During pre-release weekend, I sat down and I gave up my seat to a person that was complaining that they may have to draft with five kids, right? 
because they didn't pod us for whatever reason. They didn't put us into different pods. And so all the kids were in the same pod together, right? Yep. And the reason that they were there is because one of the kids was really into magic and was teaching his friends. The mm. father that was there thought that it was going to be sealed, and it was not sealed because you can't do sealed. And so I was stuck with five kids who at multiple times during the draft asked me what trample was. <laughs> it was long. I thought it was going to be okay because I like I, I like teaching kids, but it, it's it's hard especially when there's a supplemental set with a lot of auxiliary rules and like strategies to to, to like you know build two decks essentially and one deck for a person that wants to know what the strategy is but doesn't know a lot of like stuff about magic and so the draft took like two hours and then i was there till 11 it was it was a mess but uh so i don't remember how i got onto the black white deck but i'm pretty sure it was because early on i got some deadly disputes and i take roving harpers pretty highly in this format and after that, I just ended up in black-white, right? And I got the, the black-white lady. I don't remember what her name is. Uh, the one that gets experience counters. That, that, that person was pretty good. Uh, I ended up the day with three deadly disputes. I got a font of magic, and I couldn't play it. I actually passed that one. But I took the Elminster Simulacrum, because I wanted it. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So I send a picture to Drafter, right? Because I've been bitching to him all night through Discord. Because I've opened up my phone yeah, yeah. multiple times, right? <laughs> And I sent a picture of my pool so far. And this was, like, in the middle of the draft. And he said, oh, that's some good value on the left. Uh, there was good value on the left. So Karen sent me this picture, right? And uh, the cards I was referring to was the three copies of Deadly Dispute he had gotten, which, as you may know, are, like, was a $5 common. It's crashed in price since then, but it'll probably trickle back up. But I was memeing about that. But... And Karif, misunderstanding what I was saying, uh, responded. <laughs> oh, you mean the Powerade that's right on the right of the picture. So <laughs> eventually one of the store like workers took pity on me and asked me if I needed anything. And I was like, okay, do you got bottled water? And, I, and he said, no, do you, want, do you want a Powerade? I was like, okay, sure, fine. And <laughs> so I got a Powerade for free, which was big value, if you think about it, right? True. And... <laughs> It was just chilling in the top right-hand corner of the picture. And I was like, oh, so it, when you say left, you mean right, right? That power rate was I, pretty good value. Yeah, yeah, and I used my psychic powers to know that he got the power rate for free before he told me, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely thought he was just messing with me, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I was messing with you, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alright, um, and uh, how did your first draft go? How many times have you drafted this? I have only drafted it once. My uh, So yeah, my, we, my, my friendly local basement uh, has only drafted this once. We actually drafted MH2 on Friday, which was fun, but that, that's another thing. Um, but uh, So I drafted it uh, two Fridays ago, and then I have been busy on my Wednesdays, which is my other draft night, so I haven't been able to draft it again. So I've only drafted it once. 
Um, I drafted the shitty Esper legendary creature who I didn't realize was shitty until I actually sat down to play with him. But I foolishly made the assumption that the legendary god creature was good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's Ball, right, um, though? That's yeah. what his name is? Bane. Bane oh, that's Bane? Bane. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Bane, Lord of Darkness. That card sucks. It's bad. Don't put it in... <laughs> it, it's, it's just bad. It's that simple. The card is awful. But my deck was pretty reasonable. But the fact that I had, like, a Stone Cold Unplayable in my command zone was not doing me any favors. And yeah, basically the game came down to there was a guy who was, like, getting off to a slow start. So people weren't attacking Tim. And shockingly enough, the guy who got off to a slow start had the strongest late game engine in, uh, you know, won the game. This <laughs> happens to me more than it should, which is, like, I guess I need to, and I've done this before where I've, like, you know, like, like, you know, cried about how sad and slow my start is, you know, and then you win the game later on. I guess I just don't want to be hated, you know, so. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's Commander, so no one cares anyway, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's but pretty yeah, good yeah. prize support by LGS, so I have an initiative to do well. Uh, so what ended up happening at my black-white uh, draft was uh, somebody had Skano's Dragonheart and Seacoast Sailor. So for those of you who don't know, I don't know the specific text of Skano's Dragonheart. All I know is that it gets really big based on the dragons that are on the battlefield. Uh, yeah. And so it's like... Uh, an 8-8, eight, eight, right? Assuming you play any 6-mana value dragon. Any any of the dragons with adventures, you put that down. Skanos is an 8-8, eight, eight, right? The Sword Coast Sailor is a very funny card that says, if you're attacking the person with the highest life total, you it, it gets unblockable. Mm. And so it was very big and unblockable by the time it was out. The cast turned 4 off of the Jade Orb of Dragon kind. And so it had a pulse on pulse on counter on it. Yep. Uh, the turn after that, the guy that was on ball, the Jun commander, uh, yeah, slapped that goad enchantment on it. Yep. And so it started having to beat us up, the other two players, yep. right? And yep. so at some point, we were all in danger of dying to the Skanos. It was really concerning, and yep. eventually. Uh, the, the person that had slapped the goad enchantment on it in the first place told us that we could probably send everything at this person and kill them. And <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my board, right? Because I have the black white lady. I've got like a bunch of janky one ones and a bunch of and a bunch of two twos. And I uh, also have like a, the card in my hand that takes the initiative and then makes two one ones whenever you have it on attack. And so yep. I, I get to swing for like twenty and then the guy that is the one who played the goat enchantment then casts the guy that gives two combat steps and kills the yep. guy. But then that guy is so far ahead that we all lose to him because he's got two combat steps a turn. And, yep. Yep. And we, we had a fight about who should take second. But that, that basically, that's basically what happened. Um, <laughs> Epic. It was it, it was an epic game of epic proportions. Uh, I, I mean, I did most of the stuff that I wanted to. I like missed the land drop, but I I was be able to like deadly dispute my way out of a lot of situations. Uh, I think the biggest problem is that I didn't really have a plan to do anything once I had all these shitty one ones on the battlefield, right? Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, the the lady is good uh, that gives your creatures plus one, plus zero, because that can be the win con for that deck, but I yep. was just sitting behind the person that had first strike for everything, and so I couldn't even double block profitably. <laughs> so I was I, I was very I was very dead by the time they played that red card. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty rough. Yeah, that that was my experience. Uh, and then so I mean, I don't want to go into too much about what happened in the second week because I feel like I've talked a lot this podcast. Uh, uh, but I mean, the second week I got John Arenicus and Blood Money pack one pick one. I really waffled on John Arenicus because giving your cre- opponents creatures. That's that's like negative card advantage, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nope. It got to be bad. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be bad. It is very good. Um, it's a really, really, really good card. Yeah. I I was trying to go for like the epic five Sturges plan, where you just like donate <laughs> a bunch of Sturges to your opponents, and then they just have to hit each other with Sturges. Unfortunately, I only got two Sturges, so that didn't work out. But I did build a pretty okay blue black deck. Yeah, it was it was just kind of basic. That, that's a lot of these decks in the formats. In terms of deck building, I think that you probably want like seven mana rocks just so you can do a lot of double spelling in the late game. And yeah. I took like seven mana rocks, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's getting off the super super fast starts. I don't think so. You can usually fit a mana rock or two into your game plan, no problem. I have played like six to seven mana rocks in every deck I've played. And that yeah. has actually worked out incredibly well for me. Uh, because, well, I don't know if this is just symptomatic of me playing a lot of card draw spells, or if it's just, like, part of the format, but I've, I've had plenty of cards in this format. It's just about having, like, the 12 mana to cast them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't need to play Arcane Encyclopedia, Karif. Yeah, fortunately, you do not need to play Arcane Encyclopedia. I don't think in this format, which is nice because there's a lot of other yeah. yeah, there's a lot of other better cards that I'd rather be playing than Arcane Encyclopedia. Yeah. No, I, I, I the format is pretty fun. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I enjoy a good game of one v one a lot better than uh, Commander. I've started to realize as I play Commander less and find myself enjoying Magic more. But you know. <laughs> But, you know, uh, there's definitely, there is something to be said for a good game of Commander. And Commander, I also think Commander, at least for me, scales well with how, like, well you know the people you're playing with, at least for me. If I'm playing with friends who I've, like, played Commander with a bunch, I have a lot of fun, you know, like, you know, joking around with them. You know, if I can really, you know, like, joke around with people and just not take the game very seriously at all, I have a lot more fun playing Commander. Yeah, that that ended up being one of the problems with John Ereticus, actually, because I realized that I was giving the person that worked at the store, like, everything, and then they started pulling ahead, and I was like, oh, shit, well, now that I've, like, done that, now I need to go hit somebody else. And they were like, if, yep. if, I'm, if you're going to start giving things to other people, I'm going to hit you twice with Trap. And I was like, oh, shit, well, now, now what, right? Like, Guess I'm just going to keep giving the gifts to this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ended up not doing that and taking 10, just to, like, because I felt bad for the rest of the table, right? <laughs> <laughs> Started giving other people things to work with. It ended up working out for me, but, oh, God, it's just, yeah, the, the, the better you know people, I think, a commander, the, the less likely somebody is to bitch when you do something good, right? Yeah. 
Uh, and so that that helps a lot with with the whole commander uh, a- aesthetic and making sure that you can not give people the feels bads of of running away with the game. If you're just oh, playing yeah. with strangers, you don't know how these people will react. Uh, it's true, you know. Yeah, you, 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 people tend to get more people get more salty about commander games than they do about 1v1 games. I think, I, I feel confident in making that statement. And I think one of the things that makes Baldur's Gate good is that the power, the, the, the power line is pretty flat. Yep. Like, obviously there's still ways to win, uh, and those ways can either involve combat or combo, but True. the overall, like, the difference between an uncommon and a common is not too far off. And yeah. it, they all these cards have balanced each other out by being in a format with four players. I don't know if I yeah. can say that about original Commander Legends, honestly. That's true. There was some gross shit in original Commander Legends. So the power down uh, of this format is 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 good for draft and not for Commander, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Strange. I, I. Yeah. I mean. I, I I didn't play a lot of original Commander Legends, so I I don't have a ton of a feel for it. But there there's definitely some cards in it that were pretty horrifying. I imagine like I don't know. I saw the the, the swapping life totals one. The oh yeah, I played that card in original Commander Legends. It was pretty gross. <laughs> Straight up mana drain, right? Like you got yeah yeah. You you got a lot of a lot of really high end stuff and they they brought this one down to the level of conspiracy which i'm which i'm happy about i i I have no clue is this format actually i mean not that it's necessarily in the purview of the podcast but are people actually getting good value out of opening packs of this set i don't think so well if if i look at goldfish real quick i think all the dragons are at the top and only one of them is like worth everyone wants the ancient copper dragon which i still I still don't understand why people want this card. I still think this card looks bad. It's every old Nabo for it. six in the color that has haste. I don't know. I I, I think uh, that yeah. it's not. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's old. I don't think it's old Nabo though. I just don't. I I don't believe it. <sighs> old Nabo deals damage or gets a treasure for each damage that it deals, right? Or that any of your creatures deal, right? Yeah. It's not as good, but this is great on smaller boards, I suppose. Because, uh, yeah, if you just slap in with it, then you can high roll into, like, I don't know, 13 treasures, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, we'll see how it plays out eventually, but I now, can't imagine spending more than, like, $5 for this card, personally. Play it in your red-green dragons deck, then you can play both, Drafter. And the, all the treasure synergies from Streets of New Capetta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As everyone knows, the most powerful stuff in Streets of New Capetta is all the treasure synergy cards. Alright, looking at this, it is Ancient Copper Dragon. It looks like Displacer Kitten's like 20 bucks somehow. Oh, that yeah. Makes sense, yeah. I mean, that card is really good, and I do want a copy of it, so that's unfortunate. Ogma's from the, from the decks... So yeah, next is Ancient no, Ar- Silver and Ar- Brass. Archivist of Ogma is in the uh, set. Really? Yeah, Archivist of Ogma, you can open it packs. Oh, how did I miss this? Huh, well, that card's pretty good. I like that I, yeah. I like that card. That card it's is not good at draft, good. but... No, no, but... And then obviously Reflecting Pool will always be a nice card to have. Yeah, it looks like the Balder, or the Battlebond lands are starting to rise again as well. 
Shit, they reprinted Jessica's will in the precons. That's actually great. Yeah, that's super big. Yeah, that's like I can't believe. I honestly can't believe they reprinted that card in the precons. That card is pretty dope, but like in lower powered environments, it's it, it's good, even great, but not like Busto. I don't know. It's pretty insane. I mean, obviously, it scales pretty heavily on how much your commander costs, but yeah. I know, but you know, it, it, it's uh, and of course, this is like still pretty early prices. Things may settle down a little bit, but it's interesting. I mean, I guess there's value in the set. It just doesn't feel like there's value when you look at like the the fifty five dollar card is Agent Copper Dragon. Like, I don't know. I don't think Old Lavone should be fifty dollars. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with you there. There, there. There's cards that commander players want that confuse me. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know how many more drafts of Commander Legends people will play. I, I know that people are probably not going to go back to SNC and will probably do some flashback drafts for standard sets, which I which I like. But uh, yeah. in terms of strategies for this set, I, I think that it's most important to just make sure you're kind of equaling the table until you can go all out. It, it It's kind of like playing poker, right? In, in a... In a more multiplayer sense, right? You're sitting down at the green table. You got four people with chips, and they're all like, <laughs> <laughs> they're all staring each other down, right? Trying to get the read on the rest of the table, right? When you can't understand or understand interactions as one to one anymore, and have to get the entire table, so or read the entire table. If you have more value than anybody else just sitting on board you're the threat right yep uh, early game it's kind of just whoever's out whoever's ramped the most which i mean you want to do anyways uh, but in terms of deck building i think what this means is that you want some of those beefy uh like butt creatures and four drops are a lot more playable than they used to be in terms of like making sure that you know you're stabilizing on board and not going too far and just playing like commons to start right there's not really discard in this format so you don't need to worry about losing whatever you have you just need to stay alive long enough to try to go off you're totally right there isn't discard in this format i'm like looking and i hadn't actually thought about that but you're totally <laughs> right there's yeah, it really sucks when you, like, mind-rot a single person in multiplayer, so I think that's... But there's no, like, there's no, like, Siphon Mind or anything, you know? Oh, man, it's just nothing. If they had reprinted Siphon Mind, bruh. But I feel like there was something, like, I feel like, isn't there there's a two-mana one-one that makes everyone discard an original, uh, uh Commander Legends? Yeah, I, I don't know, there's just... There's just not a lot to do, and then, and then there, there is none. Combo that, that with yeah. yeah, combo that with the fact that everybody's drawing cards, and it's basically just a race to outdraw people. This being said, uh, I, I do think everybody at my tables, at least, was not playing enough removal. Removal is historically bad in multiplayer formats, right? You one for one, and then there's three cards that have been drawn into your next turn cycle, right? Yeah. So, it's bad, but 
A, if my John Irenicus had been killed at least one more time than it already had been, I probably wouldn't have been able to cast it again. Yep. And B, overall, like, that's that's the use case for removal like this, right? When there's a gross bomb on the battlefield, you need to get rid of it. And usually it's a it's creature. Sure. Uh, yep. A lot of the time, it, it will be some sort of, like, 4-drop or 5-drop rare mythic or something that has, like, a bunch of Voltron on it, right? And so playing, like, a, a Runaway Together or a Murder or whatever that white spell is that exiles a creature... Those yep. those are all important. Some maybe the person will complain that they didn't get to play their funny like dragon and it just got. That's killed. literally every game of Commander. Yeah, but this is this is how you have to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone, if there isn't someone complaining by the end of the game of Commander, you know you've got a good Commander group to stick with them. <laughs> yeah, my my Commander group was pretty good overall. The, the the person that I was giving the, the the guy that worked at the store was kind of sad when I stopped giving him stuff, but I that was like I, mean, I don't know what to say about that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's not much to be done about that. But like in my game, I uh, somebody he had played a meteor golem and then used the adventure on the blue like one of the blue cards to like return it to his hand so he could play it again he had like 80 mana at this point oh yeah um but i hit him with that sick contraband livestock which broke his adventure and killed the thing oh which yeah so if you get to own anybody who's like going for one of the adventures on a creature and you break the adventure because then the card doesn't go on an adventure and you absolutely destroy them that's super sick yeah, that's another reason to have a lot of mana, is because, like, there's just dragons sitting in the exile zone a lot of the time, right? It's true. Yeah, and, and you will want to play those, even though they're kind of low impact. Like, they're good enough to want to play, but... Dragons just kind of yeah. chunk people, I feel like, throughout the game, randomly. Like, like for most of my game, like, good portion of my game, the biggest thing in play was my 4-4 crystal dragon off of, like the the event like i had adventured in and i just put it in play and it was like it was like nobody was really brawling into me because i had a four four with flying and vigilance i feel like i've just never had time to cast them maybe i just need to be playing more ramp this is true mindstone is really good oh yeah yeah mindstone's great and also maybe it's just because there wasn't enough removal at your table so it wasn't slowing the game down enough to get to these big things yeah sure sure and so yeah, play play a little bit more removal than you than you think you need. I would play like one to two murders. I think that's enough. Or like you know removal yeah. spells. Uh, other than that, in terms of gameplay, I think the main thing is what I said is uh, I mean, I, I wrote down don't be sus, and I'm kind of regretting it. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know why you why you why you wrote that here. It seems like a mistake, but. And then, he, and then he used sus in the next few sentences after that, too. Yeah, like, I, I wrote down, favors are important, but don't be sus about it. It's true. Like, if you're if you're very obviously scheming and conniving, <laughs> uh, then people are going to notice that. You're, I, no, nobody is as cool or as suave as they think they are, right? Make I, can, favors I, can't be, good. I can't be a Sunday morning cartoon villain and get away with it. Yeah, you can't just be the, the the oil baron that tries to build the freeway through the orphanage or whatever, right? You can't you can't do that. <laughs> Damn. I always wanted to be an oil baron, Kareth. Yeah, forging alliances can be good, but a lot of the time what I've realized in these games is that A, alliances don't mean shit because you're usually just attacking the guy who has the initiative. B, 
th- there's like a couple of cards like agent of the iron throne uh that just like take everybody down equally uh life totals tend to stay pretty even from what i've noticed unless somebody goes f- far out in front with a voltron creature so uh yeah fa- favors can be important but they're not as important to keeping your life total alive it's it's much more important to be not sus i suppose right? <laughs> is that the technical term for it Gareth? yes yes the, they'll <laughs> write it down in the annals of history that you shouldn't be sus about <laughs> shit yeah 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 all right card draw also same thing that's what i wrote down card draw is important don't be sus about it uh if you draw on like five cards people start start realizing it uh that being said even then if you complain about drawing lands i think people will believe you this is like the jedi mind trick next level stuff but if you no matter what you draw if you just go like right and just like say that you hate your life people might take pity on you if you don't have like an extra board I think, and again, this also depends on how well you know your playgroup, because if you're playing with people that don't know you very well, you can just kind of, and don't do this, because don't, don't be this guy, but people do do this. <laughs> um, they are, they, they, they look like they're, like, re- genuinely upset about how things are going, and, like, and it's like, I'm not going to attack the guy who already looks genuinely upset about this game of Magic. Like, this yeah. is not worth this much to me, you know? But don't be that guy. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy that did that at my table when he was playing Volo did actually draw lands. So <laughs> he ended up, like, getting kind of in, into the back and ended up getting second because of it. But, like... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Still, like, like this is just a like a public service announcement for 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 the five people listening to this. Like, anytime you you're about to bitch about how bad your draw was in a game of Commander, re- really consider whether it's worth bitching about it. Like, you know, yeah. is it really? Are you really adding to the night of Magic the Gathering that's happening here? Like, I'm just saying. Good sportsmanship maybe I'm is a strat. It, it's true. I mean, yeah, bad sportsmanship is also probably a winning strategy, which is what I just said. But don't be that guy. <laughs> Specifically, a commander, and, and commander is the best format ever. They say, right? Bad sportsmanship well, nice, is a strat. Yeah, th- that's the nice thing about one v one is you can't be the bad guy for attacking the opponent in a game of one v one. It's where. True. In the game of Commander, you totally can be, like, portrayed as the bad guy for attacking the player who's, like, bitching and moaning about the fact that they've drawn their 12th land. So, you know, it's weird. It's limited part of why players, I, I, I think as a whole, to Commander, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, limited players as a whole, I think, are better at threat assessment. But I think one of the things about threat assessment, and Baldur's Gate specifically, is that... Uh, don't spend removal on things you really don't need to do it on, right? Yeah. Like, you need to wait. I know you want to get rid of that, like, dragon, right? But until it has counters on it or some sort of thing, uh, lay, lay low and try to make sure that it doesn't attack you. Because the the real disgusting stuff, like Displacer Kitten, like a lot of the commanders, that that's the stuff you really want to save your, like, one-for-one for, right? Yep. 
Uh, ramp is also important. I just told everybody how I have like six mana rocks. Uh, in, in basically every deck that I've had, my entire two drop slot has been rocks, and then my one yep. drop slot has been like a wayfarer, bobble, and a sturge. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, ramp is ramp is super important for all the reasons that we've already mentioned. Uh, it, you'll you'll really feel the effect of adventures plus their dragons costing eight mana in this format. So. Uh, it's important to have oh, yeah. those, like, Sky Diamonds in the Diamond Cycle, or whatever. Yep. I, I think backgrounds might be good outside of just choosing one, uh, because removal's kind of bad, by the way. I am inclined to believe, uh, Adventure they're good. Especially, uh, Candlekeep Sage really impressed me in the game I was playing. That card drew a lot of cards, and also if you just blur your commander with a Candlekeep Sage in play, you're just... Like, like, they try to kill your commander, you blur, end up drawing three cards, and your commander draw, dodges removal. It's like, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, Candlekeep Sage is one of those where even if your commander's off the battlefield, it will still be good, right? Yep. Uh, I am learning about Ancient of the Iron Throne. Remember that they are legendary. Uh Yes, don't ruin more than one of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know about any of the other ones. I, I think the the white ones are usually bad, but yeah, uh, I, I I didn't even play Noble Heritage. I don't think that card's very good. I don't think so either. Yeah, but uh, um, somebody was playing Inspiring Leader in my group, and it looked reasonably strong. Uh, it, its biggest issue was. Commander dies to removal, and then his tokens go back to being chumps. Yeah, Cultist of the Absolute, I think, is probably main deckable. Yeah, I, I've not gotten the chance to see it in action, but I it, def, it it was always the one that looked the strongest to me in previews, and I still think it looks pretty good. Like Somebody had it in their deck, but didn't get to play it. Yeah, it does have... That's part of the thing when you're working with... Uh, it is, yeah, 60-card Commander decks. Yeah. Um, like, I had some cards that, like, was excited to try to get into play, and because you only get to play one game realistically, and you're just not gonna draw, like, the bottom third of your deck, so. Yeah, by the way, uh, Cone of Cold, uh, just a specific card note, I, I this isn't related to backgrounds at all, I just wanted to get this out. <laughs> Cone of Cold is Crater Hoof Behemoth in lower-powered formats. Sleep is good. Yeah, uh, it's powerful. <laughs> Uh, especially since a lot of this is just like arms racing, right? Uh, being able to take out everybody in a single fe one fell sweep is pretty nice. Obviously, you can low roll it, which is worse. But if you don't low roll it, then you're good. I would have absolutely won even more if the guy hadn't played that funny like adventure illithid guy that like taps. Oh all yeah, your yeah, that guy seems gross. Yeah, two twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I did. The the gates were really good in my game that I played as well. Uh, one guy like got the gates deck together, and it was pretty gross. I'm surprised uh, that this works because you can only have the gates in your color. Like that's yeah. Um, he was only in two color, but he just got like he he had like three basilisk gates, and then he was like, and he had got, and you can also get the heap gate in anything as well. Yeah, and it, it's like fine as long as you have gate synergy. And then the Gate Colossuses go around pretty late, because unless you have Gates, they're bad. I mean, so you can usually pick up a Gate Colossus or two. So uh, Yeah, Fixing and Ramp, you, you get to take them in this format much earlier. And you get to, and you do get to take them. 
in, yep. in packs with, like, a good card for your deck and the gate. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, Goad is really good. Goad ended up overperforming hard for me. I, I mean, I remember it in Conspiracy too, but I don't remember it being as good as it is here. I always loved the Vow cycle, that, and they were printed in uh, Commander Legends, and I thought those cards were always heavily underdrafted and really, really powerful, and those cards essentially just goad something. Yeah, they are pacifisms. Like, at the point where you need to deal with the creature, it's late game and you're probably doing better stuff, so just sticking a goad on, on like, a smaller creature that... A, either A, already wants to attack, or B, like, will probably survive most combats and hit people for damage, is is good, right? You yeah. can kind of two-for-one yourself if somebody has, like, something horrifically big, but all of these enchantments give plus two, plus two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that goad. Uh, obviously, I was playing John Arenicus. That was That was pretty nutty. Uh, but no. even in even in the initiative dungeon, the Undercity, like that goat option is very good. It's it's like target creature doesn't attack you until the next turn, and usually people yeah. only have like one to two good attackers, and if they have to spread the damage elsewhere other than you, that that is very big value. You can stay alive. No, it's of true. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I goat is in fact very strong. Um... Yep. <laughs> I mean, they made Goad good. I'm, I'm glad they made Goad good. Um, I it, it has been good. Um, obviously, Myriad's been pretty good. Uh, it, it's been a little bit less good because I feel like every creature that wants to Myriad hasn't been like big enough to get through to to, to more than one person. Hmm. So you do need some synergies with like tokens in white or yep. I don't know in red. Uh, <laughs> something I don't know. Something in red, but uh, Myri- Myriad is underperformed a little bit. Wow, the aggressive mechanic in the commander set didn't work. I mean, this was a good shot at it, though. I, I will say it's definitely the way to go for it. And I I imagine you can still get some starts that work out if you've got the right gross rares, you know. But yeah, it's it's but just yeah. been a little bit like under underperforming uh, unfortunately that's fair for red white fella will unfortunately not be I good feel like i i i think if you actually get duke older raven guard and like draft him i think he could be pretty strong okay i have not gotten a duke older raven guard yet so i think a duke i i i believe in the potential of a duke older raven guard deck to take down a pod okay I I haven't seen it yet, but I'll well, be. You know, the, the, this is why we gotta play the format more. Yeah, people do this. I I am excited to dive into the format a bit more. Obviously, I'll also be losing at Vintage Cube, but uh, yeah, I I, I know pretty... few about it. I don't know. Oh yeah, not not to put you on the spot, Kariff, but did you finish that deck that you drafted last night? Yeah, I did. Uh, I got so I got two ones. So Drafter and I drafted a deck on stream that was basically just uh, a bunch of signets and then. What, what do we have in there that was actually, like, winning the game? Uh, Tinker. <laughs> oh, oh, oh t- Tinker for literally nothing. This is right. This is the Tinker for nothing deck. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, literally just Oko is our only good card, I'm pretty sure. Oko, tink, Tinker for nothing. Um, oh, he had Lodestone Golem, um, Lodestone. technically. Yeah, it was just kind of yeah. like a shop stompy deck that was kind of bad. It had Urza yeah, we Saga. Did, yeah, only got Sensei's Divining Top. Um, we had Karn and... Uh, so basically the Karn Strucks were really valid win conditions. We had a ton of artifact stuff. We got like a 12-pick Mishra's Workshop, which was epic. Yeah, and the shops did real work. It was it was good. I ended up going two one. Uh, I won against I want to say just like some random mid range deck, and then I lost yep. to actually Kiki combo. Good actual Kiki combo with counters. Yeah. And oh yeah, we were sad. also we were also running uh, dark depth Sespian stage with no way to tutor them or get them efficiently. Oh, uh, I dark death Sespian stage in the match uh, where I was up against the Kiki combo deck, and yeah. they immediately brazen borrowered. I hadn't seen a game one, so I didn't know. But... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was already I down on lands at that point. I was I was pretty wrecked, unfortunately. And then yeah, I went in right. again, and I, I I went one and two. Uh, I, it was okay overall. I I had a good night, I suppose. I've also been playing yeah, a lot yeah. of team fight tactics, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, because uh, when you play team fight tactics on Discord, it shows that you're playing League of Legends. So I was like, Tariff, why are you playing League of Legends? Not, 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 <laughs> not to make fun of any of our League of Legends games. In, uh, chat, it's fun. But I'm making fun of you. <laughs> they all, they all have a punishment <laughs> fetish or something. A humiliation fetish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Amount yeah. of jokes I've seen about the people who play League hate League are yep. too far to too numerous to count it's true it's true uh but yeah then he quickly explained it was tft i'm like ah oh, that makes more sense yeah tft t is just draft honestly it, it yeah, feels yeah. a lot like it yeah, yeah just play a uh, super auto pets instead care if that's the real Th they're both game. free and i mean i i can play like a ram a couple times or like earth or something i don't know yeah yeah could play uh, Hearthstone Battlegrounds. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do that one. Uh, <laughs> all right. I mean, this is a pretty short episode. I know we've had to vamp a lot because you know Baldur's Gate. Although it's a supplemental set, obviously you don't get to play it as much as the as the real thing. But uh, yeah, I think I, I, I think this is gonna probably be it. Uh, but before we go out. Uh, Let's talk about the new secret lair that just dropped because the episode's late, lol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It's, uh, uh for, for me, um, I always have a hard time, like, committing to buying a secret lair. Sometimes there's, like, one that I really want, so I'm like, all right, this is easy for me to buy this secret lair. And then I usually just buy two more because I hate paying extra for shipping. Um, which, you know, net value. I mean, I'm spending an extra $60, so who's really getting owned here? But it still just bothers me that I'm paying the extra five dollars for shipping. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I've I, I obviously missed out on like every single secret lair except for the goblins one that got stolen. Uh, <laughs> it's tragic. Yeah, I I thought it was gonna be like a one time thing, so I was like, oh, I'll just pick up the goblins one, right? It'll be fun, and yep. then it, and then it got stolen. <laughs> yep. And then they made a million more, and I've never really gotten one since. Now that Take I'm interested in building, in, in building more cubes, I, I think they're more important for me. But I I don't love all the singles, and that's the problem of buying them in bulk, is that you have to... Even though I only want one copy of the arts, I really just want the one card, right? 
Yeah. And at that point, you're oftentimes better off just buying them off the single market. Yeah. Um, we're also still getting the epic five basic lands for $30, which is still gravely upsetting to me. Come on, yeah. give me more than five basic lands. Fairies and Signets are pretty cool, though. Uh, th those are the ones that I actually want. Uh, but from this, we've got Artist Series Vulcan Baga, which has Elspeth Knight Errant, Cube Staple, Berserk. I don't know who plays this card, but it, I know it's good. I just don't know who plays I, I put, it. Like, I put it in my Gish-Ass Commander deck once. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I suppose. Patron Wizard, <laughs> who only exists for Ayami players. Uh, and then Verderin Enchantress, which isn't Argothian for some reason. Uh, this I mean, is like yeah. the OG Enchantress, yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't yeah. put Argothian in there. It's, it's not even that expensive. Yeah. It's just like... One mana less does the same thing. Has shroud. It's so good. No, that card is expensive. Care if it's fifty dollars. Well, why yeah. not fucking put it in here? What, what uh, what's the value in here? Because doesn't look at the secondary market, care if so they couldn't possibly know that it was fifty dollars, and they're not saving it to be reprinted in a premium product as a mythic rare. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Uh, we've also got the Artist Series Chris Ron with Primeval Titan, Kozilek the Great Distortion, the new Kozilek, Hunt Masters of the Fells, and Platinum Angel. Um, I like, think this is my favorite secret layer of the Bash, not to cast shadows on the future secret layers we're about to talk about, but I like this one the best. I, I like this a lot, too. I mean, this, this is one I might actually think of getting, mostly because, yep. well, I, I called it right before we started recording the Stompy secret layer. And yep. the, these cards are just all pretty good in, I don't know, well, in cube. But, I mean, what else am I going to use it for, right? I don't know. I mean, realistically, Primeval Titan's the only card here that sees play in a, like, 60-card constructed format. Um, Huntmaster, I, I feel like people only put Huntmaster and Jund out of Nostalgia, but people only play Jund out of Nostalgia, so... <laughs> Maybe if they print him into Pioneer, he'll see play again. Yeah, Kozilek's kind of I a rough moment. I mean, I, listen, I like playing Kozilek in, in Joyra, but I haven't played that Joyra deck in so long. <laughs> yeah, Kozilek's... People like their Eldrazi, and it's nice yeah. to see an Eldrazi Titan in a secret layer, even if it is yeah. the shittiest one. Yeah, I mean, this is part of the please wizards print new Eldrazi for the love of god please they're like $60 a pop except for Kozilek <laughs> and so yep. maybe we'll actually get Ulamog the ceaseless hunger instead of Ulamog the infinite euro like <laughs> what god, you, you, already... <laughs> you can't reanimate Ulamog the infinite euro dude I don't understand I do love euros though they're delicious yeah you're right that Emrakul isn't like the best reanimate or reanimation target, but you can cast it for seven sometimes. It's fun. Yeah, that's why Promised End actually saw a play without like Promised End is I think the only Eldrazi Titan that's ever been run in a competitive format where they intended to hard cast it. Yeah. Uh we've got Artist Series, Livia Prima. Uh with a Chroma Angel of Wrath, Micaeus the Unhallowed, Oblivia Oblivia. Olivia mobilized <laughs> for war. Gl and Glissa Sunseeker. So uh, this yeah. is this this is a classic. We put one card worth the secret layer in the secret layer, and then the rest of them can be whatever the fuck. Yeah, 
Nobody plays a Chrome anymore. Yeah, what, 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 do I, I need to go back in time to the 90s to play that card. <laughs> Glissa Sunseeker? Why? Literally never seen someone cast this card. I mean, I like Olivia Mobilized for War, mostly because aggressive Madness decks, or Commander decks, would play Olivia, but... Eh. It's She's still a not like rare and not great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't see a world where she sees play. And then I just yeah, my KSC yeah. unhollowed is a value card. I, I have big nostalgia for Shadows Eldritch Moon draft, so there is that. That's fair. Um, and then yeah, we're getting some dank Tokyo basic clans. Uh, uh, yeah, all right, here's a gripe with these. Why can't we get like literally any culture but Japan basic lands? Very true. I mean, I'm I'm down to complain about that too. But uh, like, look, I, I for those in chat who don't or not those in the audience that don't know, <laughs> I I I am a fan of like things Japanese generally. I Japanese is a language I can speak okay-ish, and I have spent like time practicing it. So like, I, I'm a good demographic for these things. But we've gotten so many Japanese products, and like. Like, where's my, like, fucking, uh, like, anything, like, I guess the Gala Greeters, but god, the Gala Greeters were not very exciting, and they couldn't even get them in in the U.S., you know? Mario god, Kart know. has Paris. Why can't they do Paris, basic lands? Yeah, why can't I have a baguette, basic land? Yeah, I, I get why these continually exist. But I, but I don't no, want to I will not spend. It. Yeah, it's weeds. Yeah, I'm not gonna spend fucking five dollars or thirty dollars. I would spend five dollars on five basic lands. Yeah, giving me like I there's a lot of these basic lands I would have liked to buy. Like one of the people who I draft with regularly bought the ten pack of the the artless basic lands, and like I am kind of jealous of them. They're sick, but they were so expensive. Like I I still think even if I got the opportunity to buy them at that price again, I wouldn't do it. Like, okay, you want one basic land if you play Legacy, I think. That's pretty much the only situation yeah, fucking where, Legacy like, players don't want this shit. Legacy players don't want a card that's been printed after fucking 2000 unless it's Ragavan. <laughs> Not even Ragavan anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, you want to play one island. I don't know. Yeah, they want to play their fucking beta island that they opened when they were a child. Yeah, you're right. Ugh, well, whatever. Yeah, if they put these on Arena, that'll be cool, but until they do yeah, that, I, like, yeah. They have been putting the, like, they put those cool Dracula ones on Arena. I use the sweet pixel Snowlands on Arena, and those are sick, and I, I really want them in paper, because I love using them on Arena, and they look great, but they're so cost in a, in a, uh, unapproachable, you know? Yeah, and so, I mean, when these go to Arena, pick them up. But yeah, yeah, if you like them, of course, you know, yeah. and that's I, 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 I like, like the that. island here. But but also you can't choose the default basic land on arena for drafts. So also maybe don't buy them because I never <laughs> get around to changing my basic lands in draft. Yeah, God. OK, rule uh, the yeah, room we, featuring yeah. art by <laughs> Peter Diamond. Uh, apparently Brimaz expensive. We got Brimaz, King of Rascos, classic cube card. Queen Marchesa, yeah. classic Commander Cube card. Arcanus, classic, hasn't been played since 1996 card. And Savra, <laughs> which hasn't ever seen play, ever. 
He was probably good in Ravnica's Idiot Guild Limited. Yeah, <laughs> Ravnica Block Cube. There we go. Yeah, uh, fucking, I don't know. Brimoth is, an, is, Brimoth is like a $20 card, which is still way too expensive, and he looks really good in this. Um, it, yeah, I mean, this art is cool, but literally two of the cards might as well get thrown in a trash can because I couldn't put them in a cube to save my life. Yeah, Queen Marchesa, though, is like a good card, and people wa want that. And, well, yeah. like, I'm not super huge fan of the art style. That's, that's subjective completely. So, yeah, I mean... I'm also kind of willing to gamble this one has a good bonus card. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know what it would be. Who's another ruler in Magic? Bra Brago? Brago? Oh, shit. Brago, oh, Brago would be sick the hidden here, card. Yeah. Brago as the hidden card would be sick. I might buy this one because like, the Brimoth and the Queen Marchesa will both go directly in my cube. Buying them as singles after the Pract would probably cost me more, and I can gamble on a good bonus card. And then the last one, we got special guest Kellogg's Loops. <laughs> oh, man. What is this, Tumblr? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I looked him up. He's just some artist guy from Australia. Yeah, I mean, it's good art. I'm not making fun of that. But, like, oh, man. If they're, if they're doing this, like, why, why not commission, like, I don't know, fa famous, like, internet artists for shit? I, like, if they're just going to put your alias on the freaking card anyways... Right? Yep. Always mad that secret layers are literally just brand, like brand <laughs> fidgeting instead of them allowing Edmund McMillan to do stuff. That's actually more of like I drafters really, thing. But I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm, uh, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast, but I love the Binding of Isaac. I think that game is awesome. I keep trying to get Kerov to play it. One of these days, I'll be successful. Um, but I follow him on Twitter where he. Sometimes posts about he's got like a sweet vintage cube that he like posts screenshots of, but then he also adds the secret layer Twitter to be like, please let me do a secret layer. Like, it was like not like all the time because that'd be obnoxious, but like it happens like every like six months or so. He'll be like, please let me do a secret layer, you know? <laughs> um, and I would love to see him do a secret layer. It'd be so cool. Even if it's not an actual, like, even if it's just artist series Edmund McMillan yeah. I would also love if they actually did a Binding of Isaac secret layer that'd be cool too you know but either of those things would be cool but yeah let me about my favorite cool indie artist people do secret layers yeah I mean I, I will joke till the ends of the earth uh, that secret layer A24 instead of secret layer Beetle and Grimms but I mean that that's <laughs> that's that film nerd shit that you don't want to listen to uh, yeah <laughs> so like yeah I Obviously, I wanted. I, I still want like independent games to get more of a showcase. If they were bringing up people instead of collabing with Fortnite, I'd feel like I'd be able to swallow Secret Lair a little bit more. Hey, Secret Lair, Kara. Yeah, I, it's like the. I think the best way to put it is that I don't want a Shrek Secret Lair. Like that. I, that doesn't feel right to me. I don't want these like big. These big companies, right? I, I um, I'm still waiting that. for uh, Secret Lair X Illumination. Oh god! I'll, I'll make it happen in MSE later. But anyways, Kellogg's yeah, loops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mystic Remora, Retreat to Coral Helm, Burgeoning Utopia Sprawl. All these cards are pretty good. Retreat is a combo piece if you're wondering. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, you what play list, it with but... what Knight of the Reliquary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, Mystic Remora never printed before so it's a good bling card just because there's not a unless you really like the fish from the ice age printing i mean i i do like that fish that fish is pretty but funny. this one also has a fish 
The fish is bigger. That you know what this 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 also has a funny fish. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting a funny fish, and it's cooler. I mean, this seems like a win to me. And then burgeoning is a beloved card. Utopia's Brawl is an underplayed card in Commander, so good good printing as well. It also sees, like, fringe play in Modern, uh, mostly for just, like, Arbor Elf ramp decks. Ponza players are going to be shilling out for four epic Utopia. Because Ponza's one of those decks where people have it blinged out. Like, if someone's going to tell me they have a blinged out Modern deck, it's going to be, like, Merfolk because they're the professor. Or, like, Ponza <laughs> because they love Ponza. Or gonna be, like, Red Deck Wins or something. Like, it's gonna be one of those decks. Nobody's gonna have, like, foiled out, like, Is It Delver, you know? Or whatever yeah. the fuck's good in Modern right now before shit gets banned. Right God, that, that Mystic Remora is such a funny fucking fish, dude. Now that I look at it, I thought it wasn't funny. Yeah. The fish is incredibly funny, Karif. <laughs> See... The thing that the audience has to understand is that me and Kerif are a great uh, gauge on how funny a card's art are. If you ever need to know how funny a card is, just send us a picture of it and we can tell you. Oh, wow. And then, of course, there was, that wasn't revealed specifically on the 13th, the dragon old board, or D&D commander. Yeah. Uh, And, I mean... I'm not into it, but if you if you like dragons, commanders, have a good time. A good time, dragon. Yeah, I mean, to be entirely honest, if you're also just looking to make big value, if you buy, uh, if you buy the beetle and the Tweedle Beetle secret layer, you're <laughs> probably gonna get value just selling off the singles. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I well only Tiamat really. Maybe Ganabone, I guess. No, yeah, Ganabone like plus the Tiamat, Tiamat on the singles market will get you all your money back. Yeah, and then you get to keep your dumb deck box and whatever the fuck else you got. It, it does it come with a deck box? That's actually kind of yeah, yeah. It, it comes. It, they're not charging you one hundred and twenty-five dollars for just. It's a hundred and twenty-five dollars. It is $125. I, oh did you not know my that, god, Karen? no, I did not know that. No, it is $125. But you also get shit other than just the cards. Um, okay. You get, uh, you get like, a stat- statue of a dragon. You get a deck box that has the Tweedle Beetle symbol on it. Mm-hmm. And then you get some sleeves that are probably peel apart in two seconds. Cool. Yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah, it, no, it, no. It is a it's... metal dragon life counter on a 2.5 inch diameter base that counts up to 45. Up to 45. What a shitty life counter. <laughs> in a sleek foam fitted tin case. Oh my god. Oh shit. The deck box has a secret surprise inside of it. Apparently, so you have Ooh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Too. 125 dollars. I could buy the box. We, you yeah, know yeah. how much we've wanted, or you could even get the deck box. It could even be a boat. You know how much we've wanted one of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and then, then, and then you get a hundred Inferno of the Star Mount sleeves that probably are the shittest quality known to man because I've never seen a Allen sleeve be of good quality. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, spend a hundred and twenty-five dollars on that if you want to. But, like, that's the... I, I think you can make your $125 back selling the old Ganabone and the Tiamat, honestly. But that's the one that you so want to play. Like, who's going to play Inferno of Starbounce, right? 
I don't know, if you death. really wanted an epic icing death, you can sell off the other two. You get to keep the funny box, too. You can keep the Tweedle Beetle box. <laughs> Alright, well, I, I've learned things that have been... That have been very concerning. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, what do you think? This seems like a good... We could save our... We had an extra thing in our outro, but I think... No, let's talk about that now. I want to talk about that now. Okay, we're talking about it all now. Right, okay. Katan, all right, Katan merch. <laughs> well, so, all right, so, yeah. so... So, obviously, since we're Magic the Gathering players, we also play other games, and as I'm assuming anybody listens to this podcast knows, the biggest indie board game of all time is Settlers of Catan. Um, and Karif has, like, this joke where, you know, like, people joke about the fact that they're, like, playing, uh, you know, like, 40 chess when they're being big strategic, you know? Yeah, yeah. Karif will jack, he's playing, uh, 3D inflatable Monopoly instead, because he used to own it. But this yeah. all led to us looking at the Catan store to figure out if they had 3D inflatable Catan, which they don't, unfortunately. They do have 3D Catan. But we were just frozen through the Catan store because, you know, there's got to be some good stuff there. And we found all sorts of great Catan products you could buy. Yeah, yeah. Get your sheep out of here. What what was it? I don't know. So first oh, yeah, of all, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will tell the story of there used to be a page on the Catan website. I don't think it's here anymore, but it is you can buy a Macy's Day Parade balloon for a million dollars of the sheep from Katan. Of the sheep from Katan. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I want it, obviously, but you can't do that, right? But th there's, like, other stuff for shops in the... For, for, for the common man, right? Yep. One second. I need to go to the Katan shop. Yeah, yeah, but, uh... So there's some great products like Wheats Up featuring a sheep wearing uh, pixelated sunglasses on a t-shirt. Um, if you need me, I'll be playing in my blanket, or I'll be in my blanket fort playing Catan, which is a good t-shirt. Oh my god. You gotta be like 13 and really alternative to you be should, You that. should wear that to Georgia, Kareth. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everybody uh, loves that nope t-shirt, that Magic the Gathering. No, I can't do that. I don't want that doing that. <laughs> uh, what was some of the other stuff we were? No one wants about? your stinking sheep. That's right. Yes, that was that was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can buy a shirt uh, with that on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you can get the Catan Seafarer's box of the shower curtain, which is pretty epic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I genuinely think I kind of want that. But maybe the sixty-five dollar shower curtain. But oh well, yep. The hundred. Maybe I'll get it for you for Christmas, Gareth. Uh, you could buy Catan socks. Uh, I've already made the joke that the Catan socks stay on during sex. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we built this city on rock and wheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly, tr really, they got their classic rock references. Oh yeah, yeah. The song that famously says "Knee Deep in the Hoopla." Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Kareth, you did you know you can buy the City and Knights expansion bundled in with a set of Catan City and Knight socks. Wow. Now that's value. Wowie zowie, dude. A lot of a lot of good merchandise here. 
So yeah, yeah, if you ever were... Oh, uh, sorry, okay, the most important one before before we end off is yeah, yeah. the sheep that looks like David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> it says you know, Catan on it. I, I, I'll link the shop to the show notes so you can yeah, look through this. Yeah, shout out to Catan shop, not sponsored. Yeah, if we get sponsored, yeah, it'll probably be by. But please, we t- type our uh, yeah, check out. Type in our affiliate clo- code uh, Dusk Dawn. <laughs> I wish. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think that'll be it. If you want cool Catan merch, go go look at this. They also have good or, stuff. Like they have yeah, matted yeah. sleeves specifically for Catan, and they've got yep. uh, a lot a lot of good like. Uh, holders and stuff like that oh yeah yeah they, they also have all the old stuff uh like rivals of Catan playmat if you still have that game or the pen pennsylvania did, new jersey i did have to make fun of their sleeves because one of the features on the box is matte foiling averting symptoms of eye fatigue during gameplay <laughs> oh yeah baby. that's what you use sleeves for that's what all magic Bert, gathering players use sleeves fatigue. for yeah, yeah. I, I only put sleeves on my commander deck to reduce my eye fatigue, Kerev. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'm sleeving up my limited deck, I am going to say, you know, I would not... I, I, I My doctor started recommending I use sleeves while I play limited to avert eye fatigue. Other, I used to play play sleeveless, you know. But you could either eat carrots or... Or freaking... Or sleeve, sleeve your deck. Sleeve your deck, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm that, all out of carrots. Yeah. <laughs> that that's it. That that that's it for the podcast. Thank you all yeah. so much for joining. Uh, my name has been Josh and or Carif wins on the internet. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Carif underscore wins for non magic related buffoonery. Uh, and I'm Alex, probably better known as Drafter Demon. Haha, <laughs> laugh. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, you probably can't find me, but if you do, it'll be under the alias Drafter Demon, and say hi. Yeah, uh, we're, we're trying to think about doing a social media strategy for the podcast. Uh, yeah. That only hap- the, the podcast that only happens every other week but <laughs> well hey you know yeah. if we believe in ourselves and set our schedule you know we we've got and and you know i'm also i think now that we're in like a little bit more of a floating zone and we don't have as clear cut of things i think we can really start delving into some like more evergreen episodes of the podcast that will really you know you can come back to the, uh, this episode of the podcast five years later and say hey these guys are still buffoons, but this advice is kind of reasonable. Yeah, that, that'll that be good. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that's it. Um, I don't know how to end a podcast. All right. Um, yeah, see ya. <laughs> Bye. Yeah.